What is up, you beautiful human? Hello and welcome back to the Raw, Real and Vulnerable podcast with me, your host, Beck Antonucci. Well, fam, I feel like I went all the way in to the pain of the depth of the turmoil of the emotion. And because I was so willing, literally I had done everything that I could to avoid just going all the way in, that I feel like through the going into it, I have fucking made it out the other side and I literally feel reborn. I turned to a girlfriend a week ago on Friday and I said, oh my God, I feel free. Like something internally has cleared within me. And what I did to support myself is that when I was going through the height of the emotion, like it was almost like the last part, the just before the breakthrough, every single part of my protection was trying to grab and cling on to old parts, past parts, past safeties, survival, just everything that would stop me and prevent me from taking a huge step forward into a new direction of life. And in those moments where the trigger was so heightened and the emotion felt so overwhelming and all-consuming, I decided rather than reaching for past survivals and past anchors and past protection strategies like Jake and contacting Jake, I chose instead to write. And I love my writing. I'm such an amazing writer. I feel so connected to myself when I write. And in those moments, I was able to clearly read back and see for myself the truth of my experience. And I was able to clearly read my desires for my life. And that for me was such 360 healing and allowed me to go all the way in into the pains of every hard and challenging, uncomfortable emotion that was there for me to be with and allowed me to step out and step through. I literally feel like I have stepped through a veil and been born anew. It feels fucking liberating. So today's episode is not really about that, but it is all but it is all about what is available once we step through the veil. So now I am dating. I am dating in Bali. I am dating on Tinder. Some people have asked me, is it a bit soon to be dating? And I just want to say, no, it's not. I have spent a lot of time in this relationship on my own the past 12 months. I've traveled to 10 different places and I've done all of that solo. So I have had plenty of Beck on her own dating Beck time. And now I am inviting in being led into the depths of my pleasure, allowing men to lead me to be able to feel sexually liberated in the dating world and just to experience new parts of Rebecca. I feel excited. I feel turned on. I feel all kinds of things. I turned to my friends the other day and I said, my mood is about to get really fucking good. So for my HSV babes, I feel you're going to really love this episode because I know that you are so curious about what it's like to date so powerfully, disclosing so powerfully and so honestly, just fucking everywhere all the time. But even if you do not resonate with the HSV conversation, this episode is still for you because it truly is all about the woman living in alignment and commitment to her deepest desires being born, coming alive, and never, ever, ever again denying those within. Because I now know the catastrophe that is what the catastrophe that is created when a woman denies her desires. If you love this episode, please screenshot it, share it to your story, tag me so that I can connect with you. This is one hell of an episode. Strap yourself in. Let's fucking go. One thing that I love about dating is it literally is the implementation of the work that I teach. Standards, boundaries, 
using our voice, knowing our no, being able to communicate our no, being able to request what we want, need, desire. I feel that dating is such a powerful place to be able to implement and integrate all of this work that we do. And so now being embodied in the singleness of this breakup that you all know has been a hard experience for me to go through, the breakup has been really, really, really challenging for me. Leaving the house and leaving the partner that I loved but knew right now was not the right time. I'm obviously not very good at detachment. (laughs) I find it very easy to leave something when I've been disrespected, when I've been hurt or harmed, when there's been a big fight. If Jake had broken up with me or if Jake had cheated on me, if I'd had a fight with a housemate, leaving the house or leaving him would have been so easy. But to know that certain things are not aligning for the kind of fulfilling life and fulfilling intimacy that I desire and knowing that I had to leave the house and leave the man that I love to be able to go and create space for that to be able to arrive, fucking so hard. So hard. I've been at war with it. I've been at war with it every day within myself. I know that I'm dying to old parts of the self, old parts of the self that settle for less than I want, need, deserve, and desire. I've been trying to grasp to old safety. I even fucking sent Jake a text during the week and he was like, babe, literally we've said three months of no communication We both need to heal and you keep ripping the Band-Aid. Every time you contact me, you rip the Band-Aid. What are you doing? My own ex-boyfriend had to coach me into the breakup that I have continually requested. He's like, what safety do I give you that you're not giving to yourself? What love do I give you that you're not giving to yourself? What loyalty do I give to you that you're not giving to yourself? What is it that you get from me that feels so safe and so known that you get to give to you? Afterwards, I call my friends. I'm like, my own ex-boyfriend is now coaching me into the breakup. He's like, babe. We can't do this. I can't tell my friends that we have had another breakup. I'm like, I fucking know. I can't tell my podcast the same thing as well. I know. What am I doing? And literally, it is the old parts of the self dying, but it's the self, the part that doesn't feel safe, trying to grab onto old safety. And I know, I know what the universe is calling forward into my life right now. The universe is calling forward into my life, God, universe, source, whoever you align with is calling forward within me to create a home, a deep sense of belonging within myself. Because I'm going through, my mentor, Carrie Azuma, said this to me. She told me, you're going on a vision quest. This is a huge initiation. You've left your home. You don't have anywhere to live. Like, yes, I'm in Bali and I'm living in Bali, but I'm not living in Bali. Like, I'm currently in Bali. I don't know where my home is. I literally don't know. I know that I don't want to stay here long term. I know that I desire a home base. I know that I desire freedom and flexibility to be able to travel where I want to go when I want to go there. But I know that I also don't desire the digital nomad freedom lifestyle life. I really desire a home and to find my place where I do belong and I do have that deep sense of safety and that place that I can always come back to. But for me, that's what the trick house, the beach house, and that's what Jake really represented And life has presented that right now, none of them, both of them didn't work for my life. Jake's life was too busy to be able to give me the intimacy that I yearn for from relationship. And the beach house got pulled from me also. So what is God trying to say to me? God is trying to say that I get to create a deep sense of home, a deep sense of belonging within myself. What a fucking mission. I sent my mentor a crying voice memo the other day. I was like, I don't want to go on a vision quest. I don't want to be on this mission to find a deep sense of home within me. I don't want it. And that's the part of me 
that in that meltdown wants to call Jake. And that's a part of me that in that meltdown is like, go back to Perth, go back to Perth, go and get an apartment in Perth, go back to Perth right now, text your old housemate, see if there's a room available, like go back to what you know because there's comfort and safety in the known. And so I know right now that the only way through this experience is to literally go into it and I can literally see and feel. I coach women on this every fucking day, every day. And it's so easy. Remember, it's so easy for me to coach you on it because I'm emotionally unattached to your life. I say this, this is why I don't coach friends. I don't want to coach someone whose life I am attached to in any way. For my clients, I desire you to have the best outcome possible that is in alignment with your highest desire. But I can't push you there. You get to do the work to go there. You have to make the brave, courageous decision. You get to come back to your own truest truth. I can't tell you what your truest truth is because you know that. So for me right now, I can feel the truest truth is you and Jake are not meant to be together right now. My truest truth is Perth is not your home right now. And I can feel the parts of me like, no, 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 go back, go back to both of those things. And it's really hard. It creates such an internal fucking war and resistance within me. And I know that the only way out of this is to go into it and be with all the discomfort and be with every challenging emotion that presents and all the sadness and all the grief. I'm like in the anger phase of the grieving of the relationship of like this fucking moron who I love so much tells me three years into our relationship, you don't have a high value for wild sex. Are you fucking kidding? Do you even know who your girlfriend was? Rebecca fucking Antonucci? Pretty much 60% of my life conversation is about sex. I talk about fucking herpes on the internet to all these beautiful bitches who also want to get fucked the shit out of. And you tell me three years in that you don't care about wild sex. Like it'd be nice if we have wild sex, but I don't need it. There's way more ways to experience intimacy than just through the vehicle of sex. I'm like, do you know who you're dating? Do you? And so then I'm mad at him. I'm in the anger phase. I'm like mad at him. I'm like, I love you but I'm fucking furious with you right now. I'm mad at myself. I'm like, how did you pick two relationships? Two, him and the one prior, where you had to leave both relationships because of sexual dissatisfaction. What the fuck part of me has called that forward? And what part of me, when I had a knowing from the outset, both relationships, both, him and the one 10 years ago, both of them, within the first three months, I knew I had this internal knowing that this will be the catalyst of the end. So why did I choose to stay for three years? What part of me settled for less than what I want, need, deserve, and desire, hoping that that thing could be fulfilled and get better? What the fuck, Rebecca Antonucci? Anyway, I created a whole fucking, uh, I created a whole workshop on breaking free from settling mentality because I was like, if I'm settling here in my life, where else am I settling? And so many women were presenting back to me, I'm so fearful to make courageous change, to cut cords that need to be cut. I'm so fearful of the unknown and I'm so attached to the safety, the comfort and the familiarity of the settling that I know I'm not leaving whatever it is, your house, your suburb, your fucking career, your job, the relationship, because the gap between you make a decision and what you want doesn't just land immediately. There's all the discomfort in the in-between that we have to be with and it fucking sucks. (laughs) It's not comfortable and you have to go into it. If you want to leave the comfort, you have to go through the discomfort to call in what you desire. And the discomfort is the reason that so many of us do not jump. 
It's like fucking bungee jump. It's like a fucking bungee jump, right? I love adrenaline sports. As long as I'm tied in, I love it. As long as I know that there's a rope attached to my legs, I'm all good. Or a parachute attached to my back, I love it because I know it's going to open or it's going to catch me. You go up the bungee and you're standing at the top. I've given this analogy before. And you know there's a rope attached to your legs. You know that your head isn't going to go into the rocks. But the jump from the ledge down is the hardest part because why? All of your thoughts and all of your fears are screaming in your mind. They were screaming in my mind. I remember being in New Zealand at the top of the Nevis bungee. I'm not sure how high it is, maybe 150 meters up in the air. It used to be the highest bungee in the Southern Hemisphere. And I got there and I stood on the ledge, every fear rising to the surface. As soon as I jumped, the feeling, like the initial jump, and then when the rope catches, that feeling of freedom just fucking hits and the feeling says, let's fucking go, let's do that again. But it was so much work to go up, stand there. I think I even got pushed a little bit, which reminds me, I don't think I would have been able to go through this breakup without having my nervous system mentor in my back pocket. Literally, I feel every woman gets to be supported when she goes through a huge initiation like a relationship breakdown or a relationship breakup. There was just so much safety for me in that relationship that I have had this little girl just like dragging me back time and time and time again. Like I said, fucking Jake, who wanted to be in this relationship with me, had to coach me the other day into staying broken up. He's like, Rebecca, you need to stop doing this and give yourself what I give to you. I'm like, oh my God, my safety and protection is just screaming so hard right now. But now that I am embodied in my single them, I'm on Tinder. And I just want to say, number one, The Herbie's Conversation is the least interesting part of my conversations on Tinder. And for those who resonate with the Herpes piece, the benefit that I have over you is that I'm so loud, proud and public with Herpes that I have so much evidence to show me that so many people will accept me with the virus and so many people don't care about it. So much so that, you know how I always say I'm not a Herpes advocate? I'm in this place of like, I cannot be fucking bothered to educate someone about what herpes is. I don't give a shit about what the transmission rates are. And this is what I mean about dating really is the implementation of our boundaries and standards. I am so embodied in the someone will accept me. Loads of people will accept me. The partner that I have doesn't care about it. He's accepting that if he doesn't already carry it, he might. The chance of transmission is possible. And I can't be bothered educating him. And this is the thing that I love about dating profiles and where I'm at in my journey right now. Obviously, I mean, if my fucking husband shows up in Bali or on Tinder, I'm a yes. I'm like, I love being in a relationship. I kind of don't really want to be single, ready to mingle. It's kind of not where I wanted to be at 35. Would have loved Jake to be so embodied in his sexual expression and desire to experience his fulfilling intimacy with me now not later. Jake's like, later on in life, I don't want to fucking wait. I don't want to wait at 35 years old for this kind of intimacy that I'm calling forward. I'm not waiting. Waiting for me is settling. He was like, you need to be more patient. I've already had so many therapy sessions on this fam. You have absolutely no idea. So now I'm on Tinder, embodied in my boundaries and my standards. And so when a man is like, hey, Rebecca, what does it mean for me if I was to date you when it comes to herpes? Because I can't be bothered educating someone. I'm just like, I can feel this no in my body. So I'm like, "Mm, this isn't aligned. Swipe. And the reason that I'm sharing this with you is A, because that's where I'm at. And B, for those of you who feel like men don't want to know, they do. 
they do want to know. They want to know what it means for them. They're open to being educated. I'm just in a place and space where I cannot be fucked educating someone about it, which is why I actually never, ever, 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 ever call myself a herpes educator or advocate because I'm really fucking bad one at it. (laughs) I am a woman who supports other women to break free from shame, own their voice, own their standards, own their boundaries, own their desires, not settle. I'm not a herpes advocate. I'm not a herpes educator. Okay. I just really want to drill that home. Someone asked me the other day, what is the best and worst thing about the work that you do around herpes? I'm like, well, all the boring as fuck conversations about questions about what can I eat and can I eat acai and can I get eat chocolate and will I get an outbreak if I eat this and what are the transmission rates and what are the transmission rates with condoms? I was like, I couldn't give a fucking shit. I don't care. I literally don't care. And I know that can sound really conflicting for a long time. I have felt a little bit fearful to actually own that. But my truth is, I don't care. And I can tell you why. Because I'm embodied in my health and I'm embodied in my knowing that my partner accepts all of me. All of me. And I'm embodied in my knowing that the chance of transmission could be 0.0000001. But there's still a chance. Which means that whoever wants to fuck us has to be accepting that You can use all the preventative measures that you desire and there is still a chance of transmission. There's still a chance, no matter what. There's still a chance. Still a chance. So the transmission rates, like that can't be the thing. That literally cannot be the reason that someone either chooses or chooses not to be with you. Because I know women who have fucked someone for 30 years and never passed it on. And I know women who have used condoms used antivirals and got it the first time they fucked. So does the percentage actually mean fucking anything? No, really, for me, like really doesn't, really means nothing. Really just shows me that any person asking that question is just not willing to be embodied in, I'd carry the virus, there is a chance, I'm going to do everything that I can to look after my health and to know my body, but also there's still a chance. Like just so owning your worth. Yeah, you want to fuck me? I'm going to let you into my body. There's a chance that you could end up with this. It's not the ideal outcome. It's not what the fuck I want for you or for me, but there's still a chance. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with my dating. I'm also at, and I just want to share a little bit about my Tinder experience. I desire a masculine man who is already embodied in his sexuality, is already embodied in his sexual expression, who does not require me to call him forward in that domain or me to lead him. In fact, I went on this date with this guy yesterday and he was so embodied in his sexual expression that it was intimidating. Like he was staring me in the eyes. He wasn't pushing boundaries. I gave him permission to explore what we were chatting about, but he dead set stared me in the eyes and said so many things to me that I was intimidated. I was like, this is actually what I desire. I cannot call that forward in a man. I'm not prepared to do it. I'm a no. Some women will say that women are meant to lead the eroticism in the relationship, but then I've also had sex therapy sessions with Dr. Massimo, who says the conflicting opposite and the opposing opposite of that. So all I can do is tune into my own truth, and my own truth is I am not sexually maturing a man, and I am not making a request for every single want, need, desire that I have in my sexual intimate relationship with my partner. I'm not doing that. Because, for example, Jake always said to me, I'll give you whatever you want. Just ask. Just ask. And for me, what that turned into was a tick list of 
this is exactly what I want and this is exactly how I want it. And then he would do it the exact way I want, exactly how I want it to fulfill and please me. But I don't want to have to ask for every single want, need, desire that I have. Some of them, yes, absolutely, make requests, but not all of them. So this man yesterday just dead set, staring me in the eyes, saying all of these things. I'm like, I said, turned around and said, Tim, I'm not normally intimidated by many people, but I am fucking intimidated by this conversation right now. It was amazing. It was amazing. And so as I'm on Tinder, really leaning into what is it that I haven't received from my past relationships that I desire? How is it that men have been with me that I am not a stand for? So there was this other guy and he was good looking. He was fun, funny. And then when it came to what we were going to do on the weekend, he was going to come visit me. He was kind of like, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What's fun to do in Chengdu? And I was like, fuck. In my last relationship, I literally had to tell you exactly what I want. I had to lead the organization of my desires, whether it was an activity on the weekend or sexually. I don't want to fucking do that. So I was like, you know what? I just don't think this is aligned. I just want a man that's like, hey, would you rather adventure or dinner? And then I could say, I love adventure for a first day. And be like, great. I'm going to pick you up at 9am from Changu on Saturday, pack your bikinis and some sunscreen and your sunglasses. We're going to be out for 10 hours. I would be like, fuck yes to that. The question, like, would you prefer dinner or the beach? Dinner or adventure? I do not need a man that's messaging me saying, what do you want to do? Where do you want to go? What do you think is going to be fun and exciting? Like, I'm such a no. And as I saw it occur, I'm just like, Beck, this is another thing that you're a no to. I am such a no right now to anything that doesn't light me on fire. If it does not light me up, I'm a no. I'm a no to clients that do not light me up. In fact, all my clients. I achieve such phenomenal results with my clients because they light me up. I am a no to questions on Instagram that don't light me up. Like it's taken me so long to own. I couldn't give a shit about what we eat and what we don't eat that get outbreaks and don't get outbreaks. Like for fuck's sake, just eat the fucking thing and figure it out. I'm so healthy. And the other thing that I know is I work out a lot harder than what most other women like to work out. So how can I actually tell you what you can and can't eat when your body is so different to mine? So different to mine. So eat the fucking thing and figure it out for yourself. Like start to tune into the needs of your own body, the needs of your own body. I can't tell you what can go in there and what can't. Will I get an outbreak from sex? Well, I know a lot of women who get outbreaks as soon as they sleep with an unaligned man. So maybe you'll get an outbreak from sleeping with someone who isn't aligned for you, but then you could have crazy wild sex with someone who isn't aligned but meant to sexually mature you and you don't get outbreaks. Who fucking knows? Do it and find out. Do it and explore your body. Start asking your own body these questions so that you feel personally responsible for your experience and you feel like you're so just confident in knowing who you are and what's within you. Can I eat an apple? Eat the apple and find out. The outbreak isn't that bad. The outbreak doesn't have to be that bad. Start to tend to the needs of your own body. And then the final thing that I really want to dive into when it comes to Tinder is A, not settling, B, owning your standards, wants, needs, desires and boundaries And C, really calling men forward to speak to you in a way that meets you and really for you to be a stand for your pleasure. So I've been chatting to certain men on there 
I've been chatting to couples as well. I was chatting to this one couple and then we swapped details. They were coming to Bali the same time I was here and I was going to be their unicorn. <laughs> Yay. Anyway, they start sending me videos and it was all about his pleasure. So much so that I was like, as I was receiving these videos that they were sending me of them, I just thought, this is so yuck. And it doesn't even look like she's enjoying it. In fact, all of these videos are all about him and his pleasure that I'm so turned off. And I said to them like, hey, I'm not into this. Thank you for wanting to explore this, but I'm a no because I don't fucking want to teach someone. Like, I'm a no when it comes to sex. I'm not here to teach someone. If someone just doesn't have a natural desire for a woman's pleasure and a natural priority for a woman's pleasure, I'm just such a fucking no to it. But I couldn't believe watching this couple and seeing that it didn't actually look that enjoyable for her and it was all about him. And so then what, I'm going to join in and it's going to be all about him as well? That sounds like the fucking worst threesome I've ever heard of. Threesomes are my favourite sexual experience and you two are ruining it. Now this other guy last night, he sends me a message. This guy is good looking. He's got an amazing body and he said he just wanted something casual. And I thought, you know what? I really need to move on from this whole Jake experience. Having sex with someone else would definitely be a great way for me to sever that cord. And so I messaged this guy and he starts sending me all of these messages about all the things that he's envisioning me doing to him. Immediately again, turned off. Men that are so focused about their own pleasure that they forget a woman's just is such a turn off. So I message him back and I say, a superior masculine lover would send a woman a message about all the things that he would be doing to her that would actually call forward that part of me that would desire to do all of those things to you. Of course, he unmatched me. But this is the thing. We as women get to be such a stand for our own pleasure. And for me now, I'm so embodied in the knowing that my partner has such a strong desire to please himself, but also please his woman. And I know from my relationship the past three years and my partner complaining frequently about the lack of support that he felt from me, but that being matched with the lack of sexual fulfillment that I was receiving from him, I know that my partner has got to naturally have such a strong desire to pleasure and please his woman. And I can't call you forward into that. It's either in you from totally fucking up your past relationships. I'm so mad right now. I'm like, I bet Jake and my last partner are just going to be so phenomenal to their next partners because they know they fucked this up so badly. And it really creates so much anger within me. Even my therapy session with Dr. Massimo, he's like, why did you create that narrative that your partners fuck it up with you and then get it right for the next woman? I'm like, because, because it is what life has presented to me twice over now, twice over these beautiful men who I loved and wanted to marry, and they just couldn't meet me there. I'm sure with the next partner, they're like, better not fuck this up or she'll fucking leave me. And so uh, I'm like trying to rewrite that narrative, but it feels really difficult right now in my anger, grieving process that I'm in. So I'm just really in the acceptance of this is what I know now. And this is one of the beautiful things that Dr. Massimo reflected back to me. In fact, he supports women and men to achieve their true sexual image and to be able to express even more powerfully in relationship to our masculine life partners. So I'm starting to do frequent therapy sessions with him as well because I have felt really annoyed and challenged by this breakup and just so annoyed that again, for me, it's about sex and intimacy. 
And then also asking myself, what parts of me am I not meeting? Where am I being called forward to meet myself in an even more intimate way? Where am I not really taking the time that I'm craving from my man to give to myself? And so I know this coming home journey, that's a part of it too. But one thing that Dr. Massimo reflected in one of our really vulnerable therapy sessions, he said, Beg, I'm really happy for you. It sounds like you're so clear around the kind of partner that you're calling in and what you really want and need, deserve and desire and what you're absolutely a no to. Because for me three years ago, because of the shame around herpes and the fear around acceptance, when I was met with so much acceptance around that, that was so alluring and enticing. But now I've seen the destruction that occurs for myself and my relationship and everyone around me when I'm not fully sexually fulfilled and satisfied and how much internal resentment I create. And so now I have zero tolerance for that. I have zero tolerance for sexually maturing a man. I actually really do desire to be intimidated sexually by my intimate partner. I desire for him to be able to lead me in that capacity, at least to meet me in that capacity, to desire to meet me in that capacity. And I don't want to have a fear that every time my partner is busy, stressed or focused about work, that our sexual fulfillment gets pushed to the wayside. That's just a no for me. I get it. I know that men are so different to women and that their legacy and building their future and their dream and their stability for their family is super important. But I know that I can't get pushed to the wayside. And specifically, even if I don't get pushed to the wayside, but my sexual expression and my sexual fulfillment gets pushed to the wayside throughout that process, I am a no to it. And Dr. Massimo was like, you are so clear, Rebecca. You are so clear around what you're a yes to and what you're a no to. And through the hardship of this entire experience, that's what I'm actually proud about. I can now reflect and see all the places that I settled in exchange for safety. I can see all the places that I suppressed an internal knowing for the sake of hoping that something could be created. But ultimately, when it came back to it, I also knew that I didn't feel a belief. When Jake was like, you didn't work on this part of our relationship. I didn't believe that it was possible. I didn't have a belief. Like, I have a deep belief that my podcast is going to be exclusively signed by Spotify or Tinder. I already fucking know that. I have this deep belief that my business is going to absolutely blow up and serve millions of women. It's why I'm so successful. I have a deep belief. It's so known within me. But in that relationship with him, I didn't believe that the sexual fulfillment that I crave is possible, which is why I knew that we had to complete. And now I get to be on Tinder (laughs) and dating in Bali. I have so many other stories I could tell you. I've shared them with my Instagram. So if you're not up to date with my IG today, I shared so many stories and my DMs are going fucking nuts. But now I'm just really in the process of really practicing. If a man asks me on a date and can't ask in such a way that feels like he is leading me, I'm a no because I'm not going to teach him. I am desiring to be intimidated sexually by my intimate partner. So I'm a yes to that. I know that when a man communicates to me about his pleasure and doesn't actually speak into mine, I'm a no to that. And so I really wanted to share this with you today so that for you, you can start to tune into where in life you're settling, where in life you have a knowing and you're not honoring that. If you're dating, where are people speaking to you in a way that doesn't call you forward or evoke some kind of sensation that feels exciting, liberating, adventurous that really speaks to you. I know I'm speaking to mostly heterosexual women, but let's just fucking not tolerate a man speaking to us in a way that doesn't turn us on and us pretend that it does. 
because we are literally setting these men up for bad behaviors. So for me, I've got men unmatching me all over the place where I'm like, I'm a no to being spoken to like that. I am such a yes to my man having such a strong desire to please both himself and me and for him to experience pleasure from the pleasing of me. And this is something that I was discussing with Dr. Massimo and he was talking about a superior masculine lover. That's literally where I got that statement from. I don't want a man who will do something for me to do it for me and to get it right. And this was my experience with Jake. I said to him, our sex life feels like a tick list where I'm going to request and you're going to do it and you're going to do it the way that you think that I want it so that I feel happy, but I'm not feeling the desire from you to do it. And that's the difference between a man who wants to get it right and a man who has a strong desire to please because he receives pleasure from it. And so that is my yes now and that is my no. No to a man that just wants to please to get it right. Yes to a man who wants to please because he experiences his own pleasure from the pleasing. Fam, I hope you loved today's episode just as much as I loved recording it. I'm like, well, at least through all of my heartache, I can bring you so many fucking stories about Tinder, dating and being single in Bali or wherever else life takes me. If you love this episode, please screenshot it share it to your story, tag me so that I can hear what you receive from today and so that I can connect with you. I cannot wait to be back in your ears next week. Have the most beautiful, brilliant day. Let's fucking go. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. If you're desiring more from me right now, firstly, I love your eagerness. And secondly, let's make it happen. Check out the link in my show notes where you can receive more information on my books, breakthroughs, online webinars, all upcoming courses and programs, and how you can get started on your journey within my world today. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And trust me, you won't want to miss this episode.